I'm Ben Byes. And I'm Carly Byes. We've been married for 12 years and together for 15 and have two boys. This is our story of a controlling church and spiritual abuse and how it shook our relationship and clouded our view of God. Our desire is that our honest view of pain and trauma in relationships can provide hope and the courage to hold on when life does not turn out as planned. While also providing a dash of humor and loving banter. We are still working to find wholeness and we welcome you on our journey. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I'm back to um, doing the welcome because, um, I mean, you were great last week. You were really great, you know, but this is just maybe more my thing. And uh, Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You asked me to. Yeah, I did. Yeah. And then she said, because we lost followers last week. <laughs> so let's be honest how the situation goes. <laughs> 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 oh man. Well, um anyway, thanks for coming back this week and listening to our story. Um we are at the crossroads of Wasn't that one of the ministry names? Crossroads Ministry? Yeah, that was my ministry. That was your ministry yeah. that you it's wanted to start that No, um, we did start. You did start. Okay, we didn't want to. We did. You did for like Just. what? 24 hours. Yeah. Before your basketball hoop was shut down because yeah, you don't know as people. Yeah, before I got scolded. That's right. Yeah. Anyways, thanks for coming back and joining us in the, uh, I don't know, the... This is what you've all been waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> what really happened? I'm sure some of you are thinking, what really happened? I wonder if the church is still going on. Did this, is that pastor still a pastor at the church? Mm-hmm. Listen. Did somebody get, pass get, away? You'll get Did. the answer tonight, today, <laughs> this afternoon, whenever you're listening. Yes. This is the answer day for you. Yes, it is. Um, okay, so I guess we'll just kind of get right into it. Last episode, we ended with, we gave our 30 days notice. We were leaving LA. Peace out, LA. I hate you. <laughs> We don't Never hate moving you, back. LA. No, I do. I I really dislike LA because of our experiences. I understand that people love LA, and that's great for them. We've had some tragic experiences that have made me just really dislike LA. I don't like visiting there. I don't like going to restaurants there. I still love it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I do. Um. Anyway, so we, we gave our 30 days notice beginning of February 2009 and 2010. Yeah. Ooh, 2010. And, um, yeah, it was it – was, this was going to be like our first week of not attending church um, on a Wednesday night or a Sunday this first week of February. And so I, I don't even know what we were even planning to do that week, but – it was, we didn't care what we were going to be doing because it was going to be <laughs> different than anything we were doing in the past. <laughs> um, I think we started probably packing up or, yeah, maybe or looking for a place to live. Yeah. <laughs> or a job, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I guess it didn't matter. We could live on the street corner and make as much money as we made <laughs> running a company, so. Probably more. <laughs> You'd probably make more money yeah, collecting change at the end of a freeway than yeah. you did. Yeah, true. <laughs> Um, all right. So that 
that was the first week of February. So Tuesday. But remember what we did that first Sunday? Yes. Okay, <laughs> so that first Sunday, Ben and I and our two closest friends who Ben worked with and his wife, who was my closest friend, um, we were in each other's weddings. I mean, yeah, we we went to the church together, just continuing to give a little background and context for those who are forgetting. Um Yes, our closest friends. We, our first Sunday, we went, we were free. <laughs> we went to the beach. We went to Palos Verdes. Yeah, but before that, we went to Denny's, Denny's for 2468. Yes, we'll explain 2468. 2468 was $2, $4, $6, $8. Yes, so yeah. they had different menu items that were $2, $4, $6, $8. And $8. obviously, we chose the two dollars because no one had money <laughs> but yes we would we would like text each other and be like two four six eight question mark <laughs> it kind of became our 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 routine for it felt like a really long time but i guess it was only just for a couple weeks yeah, that couple we weeks. did it because um you know they they the they were the ones that left the church first um before we did which caused me to spiral into um a deep depression of and where Ben found me on the couch, um, it was because of them leaving. And so they, they had only decided to leave really, and what I think ended up being a week before we did, it felt like a lifetime, but yeah. we ended up leaving around the same time after all of that. So we did our Denny's meals. Um, we went to Palos Verdes and yeah. just kind of walked around the cliffs for our first Sunday. And we have a picture of it actually in our house. Yeah. In our house. Um, it was our first Sunday away and all, us four went, walked around the cliffs of Palos Verdes and it was magical. Yeah. It was like, I haven't not been to church on a Sunday for years. Yeah. I mean, forever. And yeah. I don't feel bad about not being yeah, there. Yeah. That right was now. the amazing <laughs> thing was like, it was so freeing to be like, I'm not going to feel guilty about this. I'm not going to feel like this is a bad thing or I'm a bad person or a bad Christian. Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty amazing. Um, just that, that feeling of yeah. being, I guess, just away from church. And, and really, I think it just felt like we had a little bit of ownership over our own lives for the first time. Yeah. Um, but I still do remember living in a lot of fear. Like there was still so much fear. It wasn't like that fear was just released, you know, when we decided to leave. Um, there still was a lot of fear because when you're manipulated for so long, um, you know, it takes a lot of time to kind of re, uh, I don't know, I guess just reacclimate yourself to a new reality. And we'll talk about like PTSD in, you know, later episodes, but that was so, so real for us. Um, but yeah, our first Sunday was amazing. And I guess it was that Tuesday, right? After that first yeah. Sunday, that Tuesday. Um, go ahead, Ben. You take yeah, the I was uh, still working at the business because I was trying to close it out, and mostly because my name was on everything. So I had to figure out a way to get this thing wrapped up so that <laughs> I wasn't in so much debt. Um but, uh, which spoiler alert, <laughs> um, that didn't, I mean, we yeah. were in a lot of debt. <laughs> yeah. So I got a call from my best friend who we went to the beach with and he had worked for, he had started working for another one of our friends who had left the church about six months prior. And, um, 
once he left the church, he was also an armor bearer. Mm-hmm. It was like cut he him was off our from close our friend. life. Yeah, close, cut him off from friend. our life. He's yeah. he's we're not going to talk to him anymore. We're not going to call him. He's I don't know what's going on with him. Why would he leave? Also, it had come up that his parents had hired a private investigator. That's right. To investigate our pastor, and they had the private investigator didn't come up with anything crazy. But basically said, look, he's not worked at UCLA like he told you. He didn't graduate with they, a UCLA degree. They, they came up with that info. Yeah, and and mostly that info came to me because the pastor was saying, oh, I did this, and why? how could they say this, and how could someone hire a private investigator? And he was so mad at his parents and tried to separate him from his parents because of it, and he had nothing to do with his parents making this decision, and, and I applaud his parents they yeah, did the do you right remember, thing do you remember how you felt at that time because i remember kind of feeling like oh well good for them where as opposed to like carly felt that way i didn't obviously. six months prior <laughs> i would have felt like oh dang like they're gonna be struck down by lightning for trying to do this you know but i think no i think this was still six months away from us being ready to leave yeah so but I, it was I september think, of that year i know we went, but i was still i was still on a point where i was like i can't believe someone would do that yeah i, I remember not that. feeling that way totally maybe as strongly as yeah. you were so anyway he had left the church and um we had broke contact with him and then when we left my other friend which was got really him. hard that was that was a really hard thing to break that contact because we had been friends for years and that was just yeah it was it was hard to you guys were armor bearers together and so I don't want to like downplay that this was just another person that left the church that couldn't hang. No, this was somebody who had been there as long as we had been there, um, who had given as much, if not more, in different ways, um, who had decided to leave. And yeah. and we couldn't really contact him or ask questions or anything like that. And and that was, that was difficult. Yeah. And it was sad. Yeah. And so we get to this point where our other friend who left got a job with him because he was actually successful. Yeah, he actually had a successful job. Um, and he got a job with him, and he was working with him for the week or two before we had decided to leave also. Yeah, really. Immediately when he really left, he got a job with January, him. Yeah. yeah. So he'd been working with him for two or three weeks, and um, he called me, not the friend who had left, but the other friend who was working with him, and said, hey... This other guy needs to talk to you. He needs to tell you something. And I said, all right, just put him on the phone. He said, no, he wants to talk to you in person. So this is Tuesday night, uh, end of January, beginning of February. And I thought, all right, well, I'll go talk to him. Um, and was this the, do you remember if this was like the first time you guys had connected again? Oh, in for like sure. Yeah. Six months. Were yes. you excited to like see him or like was it? No, I remember thinking, uh, this is, I was excited to see him, but like, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah, Why would yeah, you yeah. want to see me in person about something? Yeah. So. Um, went over to his, to his place he was staying at and, um, he began to, to speak with us and relay to me. Um, why did he, why did he feel at this point that he could talk to you guys? Um, I think he, he felt like he could cause we left the church. Yeah. yeah. He, he didn't feel he could connect with you guys any sooner on this issue because we were still at the church. So now that you had decided to leave the church, he felt like he could you guys were a safe place. Yeah. So he um, sat down and he immediately started crying and relayed how the uh, head pastor had sexually molested him. Um, and 
I'm not going to go into a lot of detail about what exactly happened because that's not my place to do it. But our pastor had multiple times coerced him into trying to do things that he didn't necessarily do, but had tried to get him to do things um, in a sexual nature. And and again, I, I say he didn't necessarily do all these things, and, and there was nothing... Uh, no, there was a lot of crazy stuff, but... Um, he stopped a lot of it, but then our pastor, my friend relayed to me that our pastor had told him multiple times, you can't uncover me. So in other words, when Moses' son uncovered him when he was drunk, he said, you can't do that to me. I'm your pastor. God will strike you down. Or I'm sorry. I was just lonely. My wife's leaving me. I had just had a lot of emotions going on. Don't don't you dare bring this up to anybody, else God's going to strike you down, or or God is not going to have favor on your life anymore. And as my friend is telling me this, I obviously start breaking down myself and and crying and thinking, how could I be in any way a part of this situation where a person in leadership would use their position to exploit someone under them and then use the word of God to keep them silent. And this, it was really hard. It it was really hard. I think we, all three of us cried together for a long time and just thought, I I felt so, so, I felt so bad that I would ever say something bad about this person because they made a a choice to leave and they should have left years early. I mean, one of the things that came up is he tried to do it while we were in Africa. Well, me and my other friend were trying to hitchhike to to help out to sound. He he was trying to coerce him into doing some of these things. But even worse, yeah, so this, this is when like things instantly became way worse than we even thought that they were. Um, But even worse than just coercing him into things and, and saying, if you tell your, you know, a goner, he used the Bible to okay so much of it. Yeah. Just twisting of the scripture, twisting of the scripture to, Say how say you're supposed how, to cover your pastor and care for him. And, and, and <clears throat> certain sexual acts were ways of covering your pastor and protecting him and and twisting scripture to to basically say that these sexual acts are okay because this is what the scripture says and you're an armor bearer and you're covering me and blah, 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 all these things. Like that's that's the worst part of it. Yeah, and again, I want to be clear about this. It wasn't that they weren't having actual sex. It was like him laying on top of our pastor, clothed, but laying on top of our pastor with our pastor with face down, laying on top of him so that he could pray for him and covering him, but our pastor finding enjoyment from it. So, um, but yeah, it was continual use of, oh, you're just covering me. You're You're taking care of me. This is how... We do things, and um, and that was brought to our attention. And then from that point, immediately, immediately there was two people 
that came into my mind that I thought this happened to him. I, I just knew without a shadow of a doubt it was like the it was like the bomb dropped and I knew this happened to them also. So I called the first one who was also an armor bearer and I said, Look, man, this is what's going on. This is what I heard. And he was still at the <clears throat> church. Yes. I have a feeling this happened to you also. I just I just know it. I have a feeling and were you telling him that hey, so and so just yeah, I didn't say ex- I didn't say exactly who it was, but I said someone told this about our pastor. I feel like this happened to you too. Did it happen to you? And he immediately started crying and didn't answer me. And I said, "Hey, listen. <laughs> like just tell me if this happened to you." And he continued to cry and and couldn't answer me and hung up the phone. And I said immediately, "Okay, that happened." There there's no way he would have such a strong reaction to it if it didn't. Then I called the other friend and I said, look, man, did this happen to you? And he said, it didn't happen to me with our, with our head pastor, but an associate pastor, AKA carpet mopper, carpet mopper didn't molest him, but had called him multiple times and said, I think you're so attractive. I'm so attracted to you. You make me so horny and, and sexual very... Sexual advances. Lots of sexual advances. Sexual advances. Nothing happened physically between them. But <clears throat> there was many innuendos, and this was an associate pastor at the church under our head pastor who was making same sexual advances to, to two other men in the congregation. That we know of. That we know of. At this exactly. point. And so I said, oh, hell no. (laughs) (laughs) This, and it it's just, it's just, it's, it's crazy how it happens and immediately, you know, this happened, this, this happened to other people. I just know it. Why was I, why did I push off the feelings I had for so long that something like Mm -hmm. this could happen? Mm -hmm. And I just knew immediately the two people and and the only two people I call it had happened to them. And, and. So at this point, we're sitting in the living room. We say, "All right, we're shutting. We're shutting this mother down. Like we're shutting it down." Well, first you had, before you, I, I mean, maybe you had had that feeling at that time, but you, you needed to call the associate pastor at the church, who was basically running the church at this point, because our head pastor was distraught over this couple that originally left before Christmas. Um, you know, was even more distraught that more of us were now leaving, like his life is crumbling. So this associate pastor who was a big influence in our life, um, you know, who had, yeah, was basically running the church at this point. Like you guys went to him that evening and it was super late. Right. And yeah, it was super late. We called him and said, hey, we need to meet with you right now. Like So the three of you. The three of us went and met with him. Got in his, we got in his minivan. Yeah. We would go for a drive and we're like, look, this is what's happening. I don't know what you're doing there right now because we had left the church and for us it was it had only been a week or yeah. two weeks. For our other friend it had maybe been three or four weeks and the other one had been six months. I don't know what you're doing now, but I'm just telling you right now, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna burn this mother down. <laughs> like this needs to stop. This needs to be cut off. 
he can no longer do ministry, and I will I will stand my ground and make sure it doesn't happen. And and this look, you're in charge right now. You need to make sure this happens. And and what was his response? He started crying immediately and said, yeah. "I didn't know this was happening, and I'm so sorry." And and we will shut it down. Well, and so meanwhile, I'm at home and Ben has just like, let me know that there's some crazy things that have happened. I knew who he was meeting with and he was going to be going over to associate pastor's house to talk with him. And I was just kind of like, and you were home so late that night. I remember it was like, I don't know, one or two in the morning, which was actually hours earlier than he's normally home (laughs) at this point. But I just remember thinking like, what is going on? Like, and you came home and told me, because I think I stayed up to like make sure you got home and like, you know, I just, I just couldn't imagine what was going on. At this point, she wasn't wishing for my death. She actually wanted me to <laughs> Well, I wouldn't go. As, I mean, don't be too generous on yourself. <laughs> I mean, I think, yeah, we were, we were starting to become teammates. Yeah. And there was obviously something going on and... You had connected with our friends who had left six months prior, so that felt like a big deal. And you went to go meet our associate pastor to tell him whatever was going on. And so when you got home and you told me, I was, I mean, I can't even explain the, just the anger that we felt. Yeah. And the and, sadness. Yeah. And to say, and, like, she felt that way, but. Just to be completely clear, I was like I was ready totally to strangle someone to death. Mm-hmm. Like no no joke. Like that doesn't I was I was there was nothing there was no part of me that felt any allegiance at this point. It was yeah. it was completely you had completely flipped. Like it was I had flipped a little sooner, but yeah, you at this point were like, uh uh-uh. uh. Like, do you feel like maybe for the first time, like that was kind of the thing that Really? Yeah, because before I was like, oh, I gotta leave, but you know, I hope you do okay. Mm-hmm. To the pastor. And, yeah, and yeah. at this point, it was like done. No, no, mm-hmm. don't talk to me. I will. Yeah. Handle you with my hands. <laughs> and I remember asking you, okay, well, what what's the plan now? Like, what are we doing about this? Because, like this, this is, this is not okay. And. <laughs> I, if you haven't already learned, I'm very justice oriented. I am, can be a very black or white person (laughs) and we didn't really know what we were going to do. Like the associate pastor was going to be like, okay, I'm going to talk to him. And it was kind of like left in his hands to handle, but you guys were like, we're following up with you every hour to make sure you're taking care of this. Because I think there was a part of you that was like, is this going to be taken care of? Because if not, I'm going to mother F and make sure it gets taken care of. And I remember feeling the same way. Like, I'll do what I need to do. I'll contact NBC. I'll contact ABC. (laughs) I will contact all of the local news (laughs) and share this freaking story so that this man never steps foot in another church or anything, let alone, you know, a church. Like, this, this cannot be swept under the rug like every other thing had been swept under the rug at this point. Like, we were officially at the end of our capacity to give an F about him. Yeah. Yeah. And then was it that Thursday? Yeah, so we didn't go to church Wednesday. Yeah, that Thursday um, I had a meeting to for another job. (laughs) 
it was an interview. Um, at You're going to say at where the, it was? At the school we went to. Yeah, the yeah. school that we went to to coach football. And I thought it was just an interview, and I contacted um, a professor I'd had at that school. Well, we'll tell first, because last episode you had shared how you guys, you and your buddy went to go take the sea best. Right. You broke okay. down. Yeah, you. we broke down, and then, anyway, I contacted the coach again, and he was like, oh, amazingly, yeah, which our was running like, back coach just Which left. was a week later. Like, <laughs> yeah. it just is amazing. I don't want to, like, put it lightly how God set this yeah. up. And the, the running back coach just left, and I played running back. So I was like, oh, cool. And and you didn't just play running back. You were an All-American running back. You yeah. had the the running back. You had the records. I had two records, You had yeah. two records at the school, at college. And so it, it wasn't just like... Oh, this opened up. Like there were no positions available the week yeah. prior when you guys went out there to get your transcripts for your CBEST test. Yeah. He contacts you the week later that we find out this terrible news and says, "Well, Our I contacted backs him coach. again, and then he said, yeah. Oh, or, you know, you I said, can't believe like, you it was great me. to see yeah. you. It was great to see you. I can't believe you contacted you me. This believe. guy just quit. Yes. Do you want to come in for an interview? I was like, okay. So I learned this news on Tuesday. I went on Thursday. Before we went on Thursday, I contacted a professor I had. In college. And, and I hadn't talked to him in seven years, six years. And I'd only had him for one class, but I just, I knew he was trustworthy. I was like, gosh. If and he's one, in the theology department, yeah, right? Yeah, I feel like if there's one guy that I know would give us some guidance on this, is this guy. And he was like, yeah, I'd be happy to meet with you. And, and did you tell him like at the time? No, like, I said, we're going through some turmoil in, church in turmoil. the church we're at. I know that you've worked with churches before. Could you meet with us? So he said, yeah. And he, he, I, don't, I also don't want to put lightly like how amazing he is. And yeah, you hadn't seen him for five, yeah. six, and, seven and the years. Only, and, and this, again, this is encouragement to those who like, who minister to people and love people. The whole reason I contacted him is I had him for one class and then he, um, I spoke at a chapel at the school we were at, and he gave me a, um, a little picture with a, a note on the back just saying, like, I'm praying for you. It, it was a, and it was great. And I thought, gosh, someone who, who only had me for one class that would care that much about me. Mm-hmm. I well, just, I, think he I saw feel something like, in you. I feel like he would still listen. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, it, he really was the only person you could think outside of the church that we had been, been attending what felt like our entire lives at this point, which was really only like seven years, but it was all we knew about ministry. And we had had zero connection other than one, two football games we had gone to since graduating college. Yeah. And he was the first person you thought of that, like, maybe we could talk. Like, we literally had, like, no one to go to. Yeah. Like, who do we go to? to talk about this mess. Like, not only are we leaving an abusive situation, but now there's, like, sexual stuff going on? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, where do we even go for this? And, yeah, so he he was, like, so yeah, willing. we'll totally meet with you guys. So yeah. we drove up together. We were on still Thursday. living in, in Los Angeles. Drove up together. I went to my interview, did interview with two or three coaches, which I was a horrible coach at the time. I just thank God that somehow he put in their hearts that maybe you'd be okay to coach. Um, it's still one of my embarrassing moments, like talking about things. It's just like so embarrassing. But, but what, do you think it was that you're a bad coach or you just, you had been, like you hadn't even, I don't even think you had seen a football game. No, I don't game. think I'd watched a football game football five game. years. 
Yeah, like, you didn't even have time to watch NFL no. games. Like, Super Bowl wasn't an option. Like, this love that you once had was, like, again, just another thing that was kind of taken from yeah. you. So, yeah, totally true. <laughs> um, and I end up meeting with him. We were supposed to meet with this professor at, like, 3 o'clock or something. End up meeting with the coaches, and then the head coach is like, well, you're hired. I was like, what? What? <laughs> Come and meet the coach. Come and meet, Come the, meet team the team. For so I practice. went to like my final interview, went with him to practice, met the team, was introduced as the new coach, as one of the new coaches, and it, all the while thinking, oh my gosh, like, what is like, like I? What is I going think on? I just like left the church. Like, and the crazy thing about it is the coach who hired me said, "Are you still a part of the church?" And I said, "No, I'm not." He's like, "All right, I don't feel." When you were a part of what was going on when you were a student, I didn't feel comfortable with it. If you were still still a part of it, I would not hire you. And I thought, at least someone was hearing God. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> well, thank God. And I thought, wow, I can't believe again he had how been God. Coach. He was one of your coaches how, yeah, he was there, one of my so coaches. he knew that you were part of this Bible study, yeah. and people knew about this Bible study at the time. So, but again, yeah. one of those situations where it's like, wow. Like, God set this up so I could get this job now. and We had given our, <laughs> our 30 days notice or 28-day notice, like, literally four days prior to yeah. this. And you were emailed and got a job on the spot. Yeah, so I, I introduced the team, then went out to practice. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think I'm going to run a couple of drills, like, thinking, oh, my gosh, I have no <laughs> idea what I'm doing. Um, yeah, like, I swear I was good at one point. <laughs> yeah. But I think... It's just like anything else. It's one of those situations where it's like my resume carried me a little bit as far as what I was as a player. So like yeah. it's like, oh, wow, you were that no, good. Yeah, and I'm literally, like, oh, jeez. Yeah, literally <laughs> that was the only thing I think that carried you at that point. Yeah. Um, and then the professor we were supposed to meet with at 3 o'clock, I, I text. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm still here. I'm still here. And I didn't get out of practice until almost 7. And he, he waited at his office for us. Yeah. And we went and met with him, and he gave us so much wisdom and understanding and it was the first time in a long time we'd felt someone who was like really genuinely cared about us Mm -hmm. and not about situation but about us Mm -hmm. and well and like explain what his what part of his position is not just at the college but like he oversees yeah he I don't know exactly what it is, but he he's overseen a lot of church turmoil, turnover, yeah. yeah, and discipline for pastors, and so it was like a perfect moment yeah. for us to come into contact with this person who had done who research. Basically, goes to churches to like make sure things are run like in order with like having an elder board or yeah. just yeah that, that or yeah if there's something done. wrong going on at a church, he goes and helps clean up the mess basically yeah. 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 And we sat down with him and at this point I think we were like, Oh, we have to we need to shut down the church but didn't didn't feel like I don't know if we felt like we had authority to. Um and he just shared some wisdom with us and was just very kind. Yeah. And very kind to us and loving to us and was just shared some stats with us I think we talked about before about how in a small church or a mega church without an elder board, ninety nine percent of the pastors could be diagnosed as narcissistic. So and sociopath and and a sociopath. So you you know I I get how something like this could happen, mm-hmm. and just he helped normalize the situation for us to say you're not the only person in the world who's yeah. gone through this. Yeah, 
but I'll help you walk through it. Yeah. You know, like basically saying, you're not crazy that this happened mm-hmm. to you, but I will help you walk through what's going to come next. Yeah. And I'm with you. And, and so we left and we were there almost two hours. Yeah. We were there a couple him. hours and, and we're like, I think it's important to like mention that we're still in a place where like, yes, we've left, but it's not just, and I don't want to like relate our situation to like going to war because obviously it's very different, but you don't just come back from war and just adjust to normal life. Like nothing ever happened. And similarly, um, on a completely different level, obviously, um, I mean, it's been like just a couple weeks and we are like mental whirlwind. I mean, I personally don't feel like I can even function in like what felt like this new normal life yet. Um, there's so many things going on, so many loose ends. We've got this, you know, this terrible drama going on. We've got now this potential new job. Like, what does this mean? Um, you know, like I say this jokingly, but at the same time, it's kind of serious. Like we're, we're not even great at like being able to talk to people outside of what our old church members were, you know? So we're kind of thrown into a new reality that like we really weren't prepared for, but didn't even realize how unprepared we were for it. Um, but yeah, he was so wonderful just in terms of like, yeah, making us feel as normal as possible for how abnormal we, I think we're feeling. Um, Like how, how were we as a grown man and woman able to come into a situation like this? Yeah. Smart, College educated, mm-hmm. I mean, good families, good families, you know, successful in different areas in their life. Not like, again, the Star Wars bars, people who have no friends, you know, we're or don't popular, know how to use an email, normal or people. Or mop the carpet. Exactly. No, we, we knew how to actually vacuum a carpet. <laughs> um, so that happens. And then on Friday, we basically told the associate pastor, look, you're shutting down the church. You don't have a choice. And he was on board with us. Yeah, he wasn't. But, he wasn't. But at the same like time, we said, "Look, you're shutting it down." And people need to know. Don't that don't, this is- don't get me wrong. We will be there to make sure it shuts down. <laughs> so <laughs> we haven't been to church for a week or week and a half. We show up on a Friday. Well, because they call it a like town a, meeting, a town basically. Meeting. Yeah. For all of the church members to be there on a Friday night, like important to be there. You have to be there. Um, and yeah, we showed up, which, and it was, I think people were kind of like shocked to see us there. And, um, was the couple that left before Christmas, were they there? I don't think so. Okay. Okay. So we show up to it and expecting the pastor to be there. So he was confronted. Our associate pastor confronted him on the allegations. Yes. And, so we knew that that was happening, and then we were expecting him to be there to, like, basically share what was going on, repent, and be flogged. <laughs> yeah. And let me punch him in the face and break his nose. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he wasn't there. Didn't show up. The coward didn't show up. Well, you're getting, you're, you're, you've got to give more of the story. So we, so we, we, we get there, and... People are like, what the hell's going on? Like, what is, what is happening? And, um, 
yeah, we're waiting for him to be there. And the associate pastor kind of gets up. And at this point, like nobody else like knows what's going on or even knew what was going on. And the associate pastor reads a letter that the pastor wrote. And, and that was like the way of telling everybody that he wasn't going to be there. And do you remember us? We stood in back at the, like with the doors closed at the church I felt like a freaking soldier. <laughs> I remember standing in the back being like, I'm not letting anybody leave until they know the truth. <laughs> I was so angry. Um, and our friends were there too. And um, yeah, so he had read a letter from the pastor and the letter was obviously very victim oriented and um but yeah, he it was ambiguous, but at the same time, it was, he didn't fully deny. No admitting. No admitting, no denying. Yeah. It was just, it was total fluff. It was total crap. Yeah. It was total crap. Well, still trying to make people feel sorry for him. And yes. Then, and I remember getting angrier by the second. Yeah. Like, this, will, this meeting will not end with this letter. Like, yeah. no, people need to know there's more to it than this. Yeah, so at that point... The associate pastor basically says, look, the church being shut down. Like, we won't hold services here from this point on. Mm-hmm. And there was, like, a gasp, I remember, because people yeah. were, like, still not fully understanding, okay, like, what happened? Because the letter was so ambiguous, and they, the associate pastor wasn't super clear at this point. Like, here's what happened. Here are the allegations, and this is what's been going on, blah, blah, blah. So people were like, what? Oh, my gosh. Like, shutting down the church? Like, you know. And then he, I think the associate pastor was still ambiguous in what he said about some sexual misconduct going on, and it was very ambiguous. Yes, and then it was. one of the supporters of our pastor got up and said, "We need to support him." And at this point, I'm like, "Okay, flog her. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> dude, shut up, shut up." Yeah, there were definitely some. There was a few that were totally on his side were, still. Like, totally, that's my pastor. That's my that's pastor. That's my pastor, and this is disrespectful, like him not um, being able to speak here for himself. And, um, yeah, he's the pastor. Like, we can't disrespect him this way and blah, blah, blah. And, I, I, yeah, I remember, I mean, I think several of us were like. So we were, yeah, we were wow. about to freak out. I'm about to go take the mic, and then one of the armor bearers who was. One of the victims. Who, who, who didn't, the one who wouldn't answer the questions on the phone, basically got up there and he still, he didn't even speak necessarily, but said, if you knew what this made you feel like as a man, yeah, you wouldn't be on his side. And got so mad, starts he crying. he was married. He was married with a family. Yeah. So I think that that was, I think so like, that's important can you, to state. Can you believe that as a man he would make me feel this way? Like, broke the podium. Yeah, he was so angry. <laughs> so angry, crying, freaking out, breaks the podium, said, how could you ever support someone who did something like this? You can't imagine how this makes me feel as a man. It was like his, op- his first opportunity yeah. to even, like, express... Because I don't even think, I think that was his, like, the first time, like, his wife even knew that this yeah, was, obviously, yeah. like, it was, had to be the first time she knew this was going on. I mean, not at that actual meeting, but that week. And again, we don't know exactly what went on between, in between them at all. We just know it was inappropriate. If it was a um, 
connotation or anything else like that, we don't know, but we know it was inappropriate. Yeah. Whatever it was. Yeah, it doesn't matter like how bad it was. It was bad and wrong. And, um, and use scripture to manipulate yeah. that, and that's not okay. So... That, yeah, so that, that kind of startled everybody because he, yeah, he broke the podium yeah. in half. The wooden podium. Yeah, it was not awesome. like a little metal. This it was, was a wooden, awesome. yeah. And we were like, oh, yeah, now it's a party. <laughs> now let's go. And after that, yeah, no one else came and supported him. But that was that was it. Like, well, it was kind of like an we open had, mic. We had, we mo- had made, open mic time yeah, almost. We had made a decision as friends. Look, we are shutting down. I don't care. I, I again, and we said it before, but I will stand for that church and I mm-hmm. will. I will take us. I will fight anyone that tries to come. Like this church is being shut down. It will not hold one more service mm-hmm. with us knowing what that pastor did. Yeah. Period. It's done. It's over. Will not happen. Mm-hmm. And and it didn't. Yeah, it didn't. Shut that mother down. Shut shut it down. <laughs> and that Friday was the last time anyone was assembled in that church. And. Um, Either that Thursday or Friday, I sent our pastor a letter, and um, I might put it on Facebook if you want to go look at the letter I wrote to him, because it's it's really clear. I don't know how I had the the clarity of mind to write it at this I point, know, where I early. still felt so unsure about everything that was going on, but I'll, I'll put it on Facebook, and you'll be able to see the letter I wrote to him about just how hurt I was that he would manipulate people the way he did and turn people against each other. And it was like in an instant, I saw clarity. Mm-hmm. In a, in just this small instant, everything was lifted and I saw all the things that he did to manipulate. So I wrote him a yeah, letter. Yeah, you were able to like piece all of these him, things back. Yeah. Um, sent it to him and then he called me. And said, I never meant to do any of this. And, and at this point, I was like, look, you did. I don't care what you say to me. This is what happened. So you can try to spin it any way you want to. But here's the bottom line is you are a master manipulator. You know how to turn people against each other and make sure that no one is on the same team so they can combat what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And and to use the word of God is the most despicable thing that I have ever ever heard in my life that anyone would ever do mm-hmm. and that was the last conversation i've ever had with him yeah and that was really the first time you really stood up oh against and i him. and i was like no you will and not there was act like a victim that didn't, yeah. i basically said you're not going to act like a victim on this phone call stop talking to me like this yeah this is you this yeah, is you're your the problem problem yeah and yeah. uh that's the last conversation i ever had with him and I wish we could say, well, at this point, we, you know, lived happily ever after, washed our hands. <laughs> but you got to understand, look, yeah, this stuff happened. We're trying to close out the business, but my name is on all the papers. It's not, oh, just leave. It's, my name's on the papers of incorporation. Well, and, we, and at this point, like, we wanted to leave more than ever, obviously. Yeah. Like, we were so done. Like, so done. We wished, like, there was there was no, like... We hope that people do well here. You know, yeah, like, no, it was, it was, we need to get out of here yeah. as soon as possible. And we were trapped because of the corporate stuff. Yeah. And the week before, even before the stuff came out, we had started taking our names off the corporate papers, me and my other friends, me and my other friend who was on it. So we'd started that process, but it's a long process. And then 
um, when, when all this stuff the lease. when all this stuff came up, we're like, look, I'm not saying at this business, I'm not working with this guy, um, but everything in the business was going to crap, and so at this point, I know that we had a couple credit cards in the business that were overdrawn. Our our cell phones bills weren't being paid because it was being paid by the business. And then we had a lease on the business that, that was going to last for another six months. So the, at the at that point, it was six months, um, ended up being just over $20,000. And the business was done at this point, obviously, because we had all left and no one was going to work with the guy. But the owner of the building was still like, look, this is why your name's on the lease, man. Like, like he didn't I trust get, our pastor. I get that the business is done. I get the business is done, but you still owe me twenty grand if you're gonna leave this place. Now I'll try to get someone else to rent it, and if I do, I'll I'll prorate it. I'll prorate it. But bottom line is, you owe me. I think it was over twenty grand. It was, it was like over twenty three grand, grand twenty four grand. Yeah, something he ended like up that. cutting it down. Yeah, it was twenty three grand, twenty four grand, something like that. So. Okay, so we're leaving the church, we're leaving the business, all this stuff happens, but all of a sudden I'm on the hook with this guy who's a lawyer, it's not just like some landlord, he's yeah, a lawyer. lawyer and music producer. He's a music producer. He's like, look man, you signed a legal document, you owe me 24 grand. And so let's you be guys- clear that like 24 grand is a lot of money when you don't have a job and you're in major debt yourself. I mean, you were just getting a job, so praise God, Yeah. but let's, I mean- we won't be honest with how much you were actually making, <laughs> but yeah, tw- twenty four grand was a it's lot of money. It's not like hey, I have money this money in the bank for someone who's overdrawn, has no credit card space themselves. Yeah, to our have credit to pay cards this. were overdrawn. We couldn't pay our phone bills, and all of a sudden, I own this too. So I get in contact with a guy who's still with her pastor. I'm like, look, man, like this. Wait, is who is this? One of the armor bearers that was still with our pastor. And I said, look, here's the situation. And I'm like, I, I get that I put my name on the lease, but you've, you've got some skin in the game. Like, there's got to be some kind of situation. And he was like, oh, the pastor's so upset. And he'll sell, sell his Mercedes in order to get you there, uh, to get you some money. Obviously, never did, never gave a, us a penny. Never gave us a penny, obviously. Um. And then the associate pastor was going to sell some of the sound equipment, and we we're trying to sell the building of the church in order to get us some money to pay off um, the business expenses. And bottom line is, honestly, we were so far back on our mortgage in the church that it ended up being repossessed, so we couldn't get any money from the church. He sold the sound equipment and one of her church vans to a church in Long Beach, which just screwed us, gave us no money. They were supposed to make payments, gave mm-hmm. us no money. That was supposed to be money that went to us. So, like, all these things are happening around us. I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> like, we can't get any help here. Like, could we get just... Well, and everybody, like, not to make excuses for everybody, but, like, Everybody was completely distraught by this news because we had been there the shortest amount of basically everybody else. Everyone else had been there for 10, 15, 20, 25 years with this pastor. So to have this come up 
and to feel like more than half of their life has been dedicated to this ministry and to this man was devastated on a, on a, on a different level that we can't understand. Um, and so people were just, I think, didn't really know how to function. Yeah, trying to survive. <laughs> trying, like, it was literally survival mode for all of us for different reasons. And, you know, those that were there maybe for a longer time, maybe didn't have it as bad as we did in certain times because their connection with the pastor wasn't as close, but everybody had a rough time. Like that's bottom line. Like everybody had a rough time. Everybody was manipulated to an extent. Um, some people more than others, some people's marriages were like on the rocks more than others. Um, because of how the manipulation worked, because of how the dynamic of the couple, whatever, but it was pure survival mode. So I think things obviously could have been handled better in terms of selling the church, all of those things. But like we, nobody was able to even function. Nobody had, not everybody even had other jobs. So it was like, yeah, I should probably follow up with this church in Long Beach that's supposed to owe us money. But like, I, I'm so depressed. I can't even do that because it, it's too hard. And if you understand like depression and anxiety, like you can understand like the paralyzing effect that it can have on you. Um, and just this, how, just how paralyzing the situation was for so many people and maybe not for us as much because we had made the decision to leave before this news came out for everybody else. This news had caused them to, like it, they were forced to make the decision that they, they left because it was over. So we had a little bit more control over our life at this point, I think, than a lot of other people had. Therefore, the paralyzed effect was not as strong on us in that way. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so so we were trying to figure out how to how to handle the situation. And, and again, I'm sure some people listening will say, well, why didn't you take this to the police? And well, here's the bottom line is like everyone who was involved with the situation was, was grownups, you know? So, so what are you going to say? Like this was molesting? No, it's not because they're, they're not under 18. You know, I'm sure you could come up with, I'm sure at this point you come with a legal situation to say, you know, but there was there's not a lot of evidence to it either. Mm-hmm. You know, because it happened over the course of time. So, you know, we we didn't feel like well we can legally do something, and then we're owing this money. And I remember calling some people and just saying, "Look, um, should we declare bankruptcy?" Mm-hmm. And that was a serious conversation I had with three or four people, and I said, "Look, I like." The building's on my name. And again, our landlord made my name on the building because he didn't trust our pastor. Like, he didn't. He trusted me. And all the conversation with our landlord, he could not believe, because he, he worked in the building next to us, he couldn't believe that we didn't have money. Like, he, it made no sense in his mind that we worked as hard as we did, mm-hmm. as, as many as hours did, yeah. as we did, and were as competent as some of us in the business were. You know, like, you know some people that aren't competent. You're like, yeah, your business isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. But talking to me and two of the other people that were in the business, he's like, dude, you guys are, like, smart, articulate. You you have business sense. You have college degrees. 
in my mind, there's no way that you're telling me your business made no money and you can't pay me this money. Yeah, like he was like, okay, come on, you guys. Like, don't try to play me, I think was part yeah, of how he and, was and feeling. I'm like, no, you don't understand. <laughs> like, no, you this just, is really bad. <laughs> and it couldn't, He it, so he's like, look, you're, you owe me this money. So we had a discussion and we considered filing bankruptcy. And in the end, maybe it's my... Um, I won't say loyalty or whatever it is, my... Allegiance? Uh, uh, no, not my allegiance. It's just my feeling like, look, no matter what the situation is, I'm, I made a decision to sign this, this lease. Yeah. So I need to come up with the money. Yeah. No matter what the manipulation was, like, I signed it. Yeah. Like, that was, that was my word. That was my bond. Yeah, like, regardless and, of... And feeling, no matter what the situation was, right. I did it. I, you still I signed made it. the choice to do that. I yeah. made the choice to do it. And and yeah, very manipulated into it and felt like it had a gun to your head, but still, it was a choice that you had to own at that point. Yeah, so we made a decision, look, like, I'm going to own that choice, and I don't know what it's going to take for us to pay this off, but this, along with other debt, we're going to have to figure out how to pay it off. And uh, and we had talked to someone who was close to us, and someone who was close to us offered to give us a, a chunk of money, um, which we're so grateful for mm-hmm. to this day. And we've never told anybody who that is, and we never will. <laughs> um, and I said, are you sure? And they said, look, it's not going to affect us. It can help you. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, it wasn't the whole amount. It was a small amount. I think it was like, not a small amount to us. It was huge. Amount. Yeah, it's like five grand or something. For us, it's like, dude, can you? I mean, it was it the was most generous thing in grand. the world. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, and so I offered that to the landlord and said, "I have this chunk of money now. Can we can we come up with some other situation?" And I think he went from being us owing 24000 and took more than what he gave us. We ended up owing like 14000 And then he let us make payments on it. So myself and three other people, three other people sent us a check who were part of the business, sent us a check every month, and then we wrote a check to the landlord, and that was almost for a year and a half after that. It was and only a year and a half? A year and a half or two years after that, but all of us people would write checks to us and then we'd write a check mm-hmm. to him and he let us do a payment plan on it. Mm-hmm. So we ended up paying it off. But, you know, at the time, I don't remember how much it was, but it was it was way more than, not a crazy amount, but it was, you know, three or $400 and we weren't making very much money. So it was a big strain for us. Yeah. But felt like it was the right thing to do to, to own up to what I had signed. Yeah. And, and our friends were the, the most amazing people to help us with. The friends yeah. that were there in business were like, dude, I'll sit, I'll stand with you. Yeah, because we'll they could have just been like, well, it's your name on it. Like, yeah. that would have been like total jerk move. But we are fortunate that they were in a place to be able to, like, you know, they had also gotten jobs. And so they were in a place to be able to be like, no, like, we, we're doing this together. And um, we've gone through this together. And we're going to, like, see this through together. And that was, yeah, I think that was a huge part of everybody, like, at least us, you know, friends were able to kind of close that chapter eventually, you know, years later. Yeah. So at this point, we'll close it. it bliss and everything, everything from this point is perfect. <laughs> so like easy. 
so honestly, easy. like, like it's life been the is best. so. It's no big deal. Like awesome. It's been the minute we left. It's been awesome since then. Uh, not. <laughs> um, but those are the basics of what really went down. Um, obviously, you can ask us some questions if you have more. There's details that we're not going to share because it's not our story to share. But if you guys want to like get together on like one night and like go find this guy like i'm so down to do that <laughs> not gonna happen people <laughs> we do know where he is though yeah okay anyway <laughs> what? not gonna happen that's fine to say that yeah we know um, where he is and not in ministry just to be clear okay doing other things well um, that we know of like he probably could have a secret church but <laughs> not yeah not that we know of <laughs> but um that's that's it for this portion of the story, and I guess next week we'll get into... Yeah, we spend the rest of the month, like I think, just trying to get out of there as fast as possible, get out of the area to move. We ended up getting a place in... Across know, where, the street from our work, yeah. Yeah, across from campus where we went to school. Student housing. <laughs> yeah, which was so awesome, though. So awesome. Um, and we'll talk about more of that, more of that next week, but um, and just kind of what our life began to look like post-church... Um, and really just the unexpected, um, like hardships of what that really meant because we had, we had finally left, but now we were really dealing with, not right away, but we had to eventually really deal with the decisions that we had made while being at the church. And that was probably that's probably been one of the hardest journeys in all of this for us. Um, a journey that we're still on, um, and have come a long way, but, um, that's kind of where we will go next with the story. Um, but anyways, sad, angering, and we're sorry to the victims involved (laughs) on every level. Um, and thankful that we're still really close friends with, those involved, the ones, I mean, a couple of them. Um, and, um, yeah, thank you for listening and being a part of this with us and we will see you next time. All right. So welcome to this episode's final four. So after a pretty heavy episode, we'll just go ahead and lighten things up a little bit by um, discussing (laughs) um, this week's final four is going to be the top quirks or habits that each other has. Yeah. And... We're going to explain each other's. Yes. Or what we see them as. Yes. Then we will have a chance to rebuttal them (laughs) if we need to. (laughs) Would you like to go first? Sure. Okay. Um, Carly's number one. Uh, number one. Well, not number one, just Your first, first one. one. Yeah. Okay. Would be, um, she's a little OCD, and she, if she gets one hand wet, the other hand has to get wet. And I don't like, know, have we talked about this before? <laughs> I, I don't know, but <laughs> if you really just want to walk up to Carly sometime, you see her on the street, want to just freak her out, just. <laughs> Have some water in your hand, wet your hand, wipe that water on one of her hands, and then walk away. 
That wouldn't even be that big of a deal because I would just use the water on that one hand to get my other hand wet, which is what I already do. So, <laughs> Or tap her on one leg and not on the other leg. No, I'm not like that. That's not how I am. The hand wet thing is like if you just rent, like say you have like one, one hand is like dirty from either like cooking or you just need to like rinse it off quickly or whatever. You rinse that hand off. You don't need to like do a full on hand wash. You're just like rinsing the hand. So instead of just drying that hand, I have to make sure my other hand is equally as wet. Not even equally as wet. I just don't like it being not wet with the other hand. It feels left out. I don't know. (laughs) I understand as I'm saying this, this is very weird. very weird but I know there's other people out there that are like this <laughs> yeah and then I dry them off and then we're fine yeah but I don't like an extremely dry hand with a slightly um moist wet hand <laughs> or so, the word moist for that matter yeah so I don't know sue me <laughs> but yeah I guess that's kind of weird so if you see me on the streets and you do that I'll be fine because I'm just gonna get my other hand wet with the hand that you got wet Okay, so um, one of Ben's quirks is, um, or his habits, I guess, is like when he decides that he's going to be like into something, he is like fully in. For example, like when he decided he was going to try keto for a couple months, I mean, homeboy is like super (laughs) cheap, okay? He comes home with like the most expensive, <laughs> organic, everything, and I'm like, "How much did you spend on this?" And he's like, "Oh, you know, not a big deal." And this is like just for him, so I'm having to make my own food. <laughs> I'm having to make my own meals. He's he's deciding now. He's going to start cooking and making his own organic grass fed beef and organic vegetables and all the stuff that is Never now felt better. That is now costing our family an arm and a leg, <laughs> but. Yeah, he like doesn't like to spend money on anything, but when he decides he's going to get into something, I mean, we <laughs> we basically go bankrupt. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. <laughs> Don't even get me started on like the self-help books. <laughs> I think we kind of talked a little bit about your obsession of buying books. Yeah, um, and I wouldn't say just self-help. I mean, it's it's Non-fiction books. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry, yeah. not like, they're not fiction books, but they're... Like business books. Sure. Or... But that's like a self-help category is what yeah, I mean. Yes. Yeah, for, we had three books Three books arrived today. Okay, that, that's for classes different, but... What class are you teaching? The class for next year. I built a curriculum. I need those books as my textbooks, so anyway. Okay, this is a PE class, everybody. Just so everybody knows, this is a PE class that he's teaching. So he, yes, your 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 books are... In regards to like, yeah, health, health types of books. Um, Anyways, um, we're also poor again because Ben's habits of going keto and um, his obsessions for um, diets or I I don't want to say fads, but um, I I won't even get started on his uh, supplement (laughs) routine that he Here's Here's the bottom line. (laughs) You know, we all want things in life. My want is that. Not that I'm a rich person, but that I have enough money to buy whatever food I want to buy. And that includes grass-fed beef, (laughs) free-range chicken eggs, free-range chicken. Like, that's that's what I want to buy. It tastes better. It's healthier for you. 
I'm a firm believer in these things. Totally. So it just it's expensive. It is expensive. I want I want to I'm, I'm going to get wild caught salmon. I don't want the farm raised <laughs> salmon that they make it. They make it pink in their little test tube. Whatever they do. <laughs> no, and I totally agree with you. But you are only fully into it and like really okay with spending the money when it's something that you're wanting to do. Yeah, but <laughs> if I go if I go and I'm going to get our kids milk, I get them organic milk. Maybe you should grocery shop more often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you don't want any money. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, right. All right. Um, on, anyways. On to the next. <laughs> we could be here all night, folks. <laughs> um, another one Carly does is it's impossible for her to go into a store, a clothes store, and not touch every piece of clothing as she okay, walks every by. <laughs> is every piece of clothing is like a little bit of an exaggeration. No, but if, if you're walking down something like at TJ Maxx or is it is inevitable that two or three times she's going to put her hand out and feel the material I'd say more like Target or something that has like more of a spread out selection not just just like rows of clothes it's and it it is it's a a major major habit like yeah she doesn't even know she's doing it yeah I'm like hey you know you're feeling that shirt right now just (laughs) reaching out and feeling it just reaching out and feeling it but you know who's also like that our son. Yeah. Truman is very much like <laughs> <Yes>. that. <laughs> Truman just has the need to touch everything. But yeah, um, yeah, it is a habit. It's, it's, I guess it kind of goes along with my OCD yeah. thing. Um, one of Ben's other um, quirks and habits is that he has to double, triple check if he has turned the light off when we leave the house, <laughs> he panics that the stove was left on. We we haven't even used the stove for like 48 hours, and he's panicked that he left the stove on. Yeah. Is the oven on? Are the lights on? Do we turn the heater off? Do we turn the yeah. air off? I mean, he like panics, and like, you double you double guess your like you yeah. you can't. There's there's been multiple times we've we've turned, turned around, around being a bit like a half mile out, not like five miles out, but a half mile out just because I'm like I'm gonna stress about this all day. I need yeah, to go and double I, check. And I know I, I know that it's not <laughs> left on, and I'm trying to convince him, but he like can't get out of his mind. My he has mind to see has it for to, himself. Yeah. So then now I'm annoyed, and then he goes in and checks and walks back out. I was like, yeah, it was off. <laughs> <laughs> Which honestly, if. It's better to be like, safe than sorry. It's better safe than sorry, totally. but but like in my mind is is it is irrational because I'll like there there'll be like a light that we have that gets really hot and I'm like, well, I, that light can't be on because what if it starts a fire? Yeah, you it's know, like, like you it, begin. It's just you I get just totally. I just irrational. think we're gonna we're gonna come home and our house is gonna be burned down. Yeah, you get totally irrational. Yeah. That is true with with the things, and it's it happens most times we leave the house. I would say almost every time we leave the house there's something, together, yeah, there's it's something you question. Did I turn the stove off? Did I... Did I shut the garage? Yeah, did I... <laughs> and, and, like, I have to remind you, okay, Ben, like, you may, you used the stove, like, several hours ago. We would have smelled that it was left <laughs> on if you, you know... Yeah, I don't know what that's about. I, I know there's been times when we're leaving for a trip, and I would say to Carly, I'm telling you right now, I just went and checked the stove. Could you remind me of that? When I'm start to panic. Yeah, a day later when I worry that our house is being burnt down. <laughs> Gosh, <you're> so weird. <laughs> so weird. Oh. Uh, 
Okay, go ahead. Another quirker habit, which I think this is normal for a lot of people, just just not for me, um, is Carly keeps all her shoe boxes and then puts the shoes back in the shoe boxes when she's not wearing them. And I guess that's... I just there don't... There are a lot of people that do that. There's a lot of people that do that, but yeah. And I guess that becomes, to me, an obsession or not an obsession, like a, a habit. a quirk, yeah. A, a quirk, quirk because, like for me... I'll get shoes and I'll have the box I'm throwing away and Carly will be like, well, do you want to keep that box? Uh, no. I'll Why? You just bought a just... $150 pair of shoes. Why wouldn't you want to keep them nice? <laughs> just put the shoes in my closet. I'll just throw them in my closet. No big deal. <laughs> so frustrating. I've never bought a $150 pair of shoes, but I get all my shoes free usually. But, um, yeah, so that's one. Not, yeah, not my that clothes big are also deal. color yeah. coordinated. Yeah, clothes are co- but I think more a lot of that's people more, do that's that. pretty yeah. normal. Yeah, and, I also and, have a lot of shoes, so I have to keep them in shoe yeah. boxes to keep them organized. And along the same lines, her, her obsession with making sure that like the towels are folded the right way. Yeah, the correct way. Yeah, have to, have the to be correct folded. way. You're they right. have to be folded, <laughs> folded the correct the correct way, or else how how can they be in our? Well, it's like shelf. making the bed. They have to be. It has to be made correctly. Yeah. Like it, there's one way to do it the right way. Yeah. If not, it's wrong. <laughs> yeah. Two words, hospital corners. <laughs> um, ben has an incredible habit of leaving things in his pockets when he does laundry. <laughs> well, not when I do laundry, just leaving things in my pockets, yes. Right, but it is found when I do your laundry. <laughs> I can't To the even point where our you... son now says, Dad, did you know what we found in the laundry? Yeah, because I, he probably walks in on me. I, <laughs> Cursing my Totally name. irate. In the garage as I'm pulling iPhone, we've pulled out headphones out of the dryer. And this is all like in the dryer because it falls out of the pockets at some point. And listen, you're probably thinking like, oh, why don't you check his pockets? I'm sorry. I have a million other things that I'm doing. I, I don't have the time or remember to check the pockets of everything he wears when I'm washing like Ben literally goes through like three outfits a day because he goes to work, you have your work clothes on, and then you change into workout stuff, and then you change into sweats. Somehow all three of those pairs of clothing get in, put into the dirty clothes on a daily basis. So I, I'm i sorry. I just don't have the time or capacity to be checking his pockets every single time I do the laundry. And... I can't tell you the amount of time that I've had chapstick go through and who has that has ruined our clothes. I've, I've been so angry at him about this. I mean, gum. Don't even get me started on the gum. <laughs> the gum wrappers, receipts. I mean, when you know when you pull the lint thing out every time you do a load? The lint thing is like, it's, it's mostly like receipts and, I mean, I've found money. And you, you better believe I keep that cash when I find the dryer. She calls it her money. Yes. It is. But sorry, you snooze, you lose. But, um, yeah, it, it's a pretty bad habit of, I think just putting things in your pocket is a bad habit. Yeah, put everything in my pocket. Yeah, yeah, and you don't take anything out of your pockets when you get undressed. So, um, yes, there have been a lot of things. I think by far some of the worst things have been the headphones. Um the chapstick because when the chapstick goes to the dryer, it melts and it gets all over the clothes and it yeah. ruins the clothes. And um, I mean, just check the pockets. And the pens, you've had yeah, several just, pens. Just check too. the pockets. So, and it's true, it's a bad habit. 
It's a bad habit. I have, I have no defense for it. It's a bad <laughs> habit. I do want to make it clear, I do also do laundry myself, also. Carly's not the only person who does laundry. True. So, but yes, that is a bad habit. Yeah, it's pretty bad. There's, there's no way to get around it. <laughs> there's no way of getting around it. I probably it. have stuff in my pockets right now. Oh, nothing. I just oh put these goodness. sweatpants on, so. Um, last one and for Carly, and I'm going to just throw one in there and then go to last one. We've talked about it before, so I won't spend a lot of time on it. Um, the ice or temperature of a certain drink mm. and the straws she uses <laughs> and then the cup she uses. Because the cup has to be like a certain size. <laughs> this is so true. The cup has to be a certain size, like that never fits in the dishwasher because it's too big. I and hate, has a I huge, hate a glass cup. Huge lip and has to be a certain straw that is just the right size, and then it has to have ice. I, I like I that one of the bane of my existence is the ice machine on a refrigerator. Just the sound of ice. I'm like, oh my gosh, more ice right now. And I and I'm probably your worst nightmare when I'm pregnant because the oh, amount of <laughs> the amount of water I drink when I'm pregnant. And it has to be water with ice. I'm like, do you have to have ice in the water well, right now? Yes, I do. In that cup yes. that makes so much sound when you put the ice in it. <laughs> I am so particular about my water, my water cups. I hate drinking out of a glass cup. I don't know what it is. I hate the fact that it um, sweats. I feel like water tastes different out of a glass cup. <laughs> I know there's people that agree with me on this. Water just tastes different out of a glass cup, and I don't like that it sweats. And there's no glass cups that are big enough to sustain like the amount of water that I want to be able to sit down and not have to refill it after ten minutes. Yeah. And there's like, tell me that there's there's. Literally, there's nothing worse than when you go to a restaurant and you get a f- small cup that oh, is not horrible. refilled. It's yeah. terrible. I love when we go to a restaurant and they have big water glasses. Yeah. I just know it's going to be a good night. Yeah. So I won't even go to my last one because that one basically took the cake for it. No, you can go ahead. I'll just mention it. This just, is a bonus just one. Just hyper discernment. If anything's off, she understands and she realizes Wait, it. what is it? Hyper discernment. Oh, oh my quirk? Oh, oh, did is that moved? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Is, did did you touch? And here's the crazy thing about it: is our son is the same is, way. Is, we will. <laughs> he'll he'll throw something away, and there'll be a wrapper of candy in there, and he'll pick up the wrapper out of the trash and say, "Who ate this?" No, it's like a corner what? of a wrapper. <laughs> corner like, of a wrapper. Yeah, you like, wouldn't even like, know that it's. Oh, this is unfamiliar looking yeah, to my everyday like know. life. <laughs> I wouldn't say that it's that so much as it's not hyper discernment as much as it's um, just more so like extreme perception. Yeah, wanting everything in its place. And then, yeah, perception. Perception. Yeah, just knowing, yeah, perception, knowing yeah. if something's out of place, like walking into the room and being like, mm, what did you do different? Or, yeah. Yeah, and Truman's that same way. He'll yeah. be like, um, why is this couch so close to the coffee table? Because yeah, we it, record, we record on the couch, and we put the couch really close to the coffee table where the mic is, so you can hear us better. Yeah. So if we don't move he'll, the he'll couch come back, up, he'll the wake up day, in the morning and say, "Were you using the microphone last night? You want to know how I knew the coat? The couch is closer to the coffee table." <laughs> He's literally, and I just look at him and smile, and I'm just so proud. <laughs> 
So perceptive. Yeah, so perceptive. That's a good one, though. Um, I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah. And one way that I used to take advantage of this perception is that um, when I was putting away all the dishes, I would purposely... No, 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 put, no, 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 listen, my, no, no this is my last one I know, for no, you. but listen, I would purposely put a dish in the wrong okay. place. Just... Just to, just to and see. And freaking piss me <laughs> off. <laughs> it would be like a cup, and I'd put it in the dish drawer. Or it would be dish like drawer. a... Dish drawer? Sorry. <laughs> it'd be a strainer, and I'd put it where the cups are. I, I'd always do one thing out of but place. But it was just, like, just off enough where <laughs> she thought, I'd be like... She thought, maybe I thought it went there. <laughs> so went annoying. There. So <laughs> annoying. You're such a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> well, which leads me to my last one for Ben and his, his, you guys, I don't, like, I don't even know how, how you are so consistent in when, I, when you help me pick things up or put dishes away specifically, you do it at about 93%. <laughs> and what I mean by that is... You know, he'll help with the dishes or he'll help by unloading the dishwasher. And for some reason, Ben is like incapable of following through all the way <laughs> and finishing it's, it's those things. It's my ADD. I just, <laughs> oh I just start thinking of something else and I, and I like, I'll put the dishes in one spot. All, let's say I'm taking out the top rack. I put all those dishes away, but there's a couple things in the top rack that are going to go with bottom rack things, so I put them over to the side and think, when I put the bottom rack away, I'll put these away, and then I'll put the bottom rack away, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm done. I've been thinking about something else the entire other time that I want to do or want to get done, and I go onto that thing and forget to finish the top rack thing that I put on there. Yeah, so he'll, he'll, it's like, he's so close to finishing (laughs) everything. But it's it's every single time he'll like do the dishes in the sink, but he'll leave like he'll leave like two items in the sink or when he's unloading the dishwasher. Yeah, you'll do like all of it except for like a couple things that you just leave on the counter and on like, okay, did you like not know where they go? Or just, like it's it it literally blows my yeah. mind. Every, every once in a while will be I don't know where it goes. Like sometimes we have Which stuff is a and I'm problem. Like, We've been married for. I know, but every once in a while I'll get something like, what is this thing? I don't even know what this is. Where does. I know, it go? but then you so just. So then I'll just ask put me. it somewhere. Yeah, I'll just put you it just, somewhere. No, so. no, you don't put it anywhere. You leave it on the <laughs> counter. <laughs> it's, you guys, it's like, it's almost, it's almost to the point sometimes where I'm like, I'm not even going to ask you to help me because <laughs> I already know what this is going to turn into and I'm. I'm already annoyed just thinking about it. <laughs> um, but also something that you do along the lines of the cleaning thing is when you clean bowls or pans or whatever, you leave them upright to dry instead of flipping them over to let the water yeah, drain. I mean, you'd rather flip them over and then have all that heat and condensation and moisture caught in there so it never actually no, dries. No, you leave a crack. You leave okay. it open yeah, I'm a little sure. bit. I'm sure. You put it down. <laughs> And then oh you're going to put it back in there and it's no. still going to be condensation. No. Yeah, no, yes, that's exactly okay. what happens. So I'm so going to d- keep it I'm going to keep it upright so there's actual pool of water sitting in it yes, so then that's when I fine. go shake it out it's actually more wet than yeah. if it was actually flipped no, over. No, flip it with over. With a little bit of air passageway to get that condensation out and dry accurately. Tell me 
in all honesty, you put an error passageway every time you put something I down. I do. Not a chance. Yes, I do. Never. Because I, I, I will try to put a cup away, and I'm like, well, it's all wet inside, so what am I going to do about that? Ben, honestly, tell me how many times that has actually happened. A lot. No. Many. When it's been on the counter drying, like yes. on our little drying mat. And then mat. I take it up. And it's condensation inside because that water's trapped in there the whole time with it down and there's no air getting in there. Okay. Well, that is not, that is, you're, you're telling me that's the reason why you keep exactly. huge bowls, salad bowls. Yes. And, and huge pans. Yes. Upright. Yep. When you draw, when you're letting yeah, them dry. I, I shake it out. But there, there's still so much water so in the there. the air can dry it out. Yeah. No, but it doesn't dry it out. I'm having to shake the water out when I put it away. Yeah. Or, or you use a towel. Like a normal human. Okay, well then just use a towel <laughs> when you're done and put it away at the time that you're washing it. <laughs> Honestly, like when I see you do that, I'm like, what is this? <laughs> I agree to disagree. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I, I love the help, but do I? <laughs> I agree to disagree on this one. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyways, that was my bonus one. Yeah, um, the bonus when we said we're not going to try to like rip on each other or do anything like that, and then <laughs> just came out with a hatchet. No, I was it. This was my opportunity to ask why you do things like why why you did do it like that. To ask yeah, something like perfect that. opportunity <laughs> to wonder to ask why because I've been meaning to ask you why you keep them upright like that because now you know because it's obviously the wrong way. <laughs> now you know. Now I know. So, um, if there is anybody who would like to be on my side about this, please let me know. If there's anybody on Ben's side, that's fine. Please let him know. (laughs) Anyways, thank you for listening this week. Um, We will see you next time. Have a wonderful week. or leave a comment and if you have questions or want to open up a discussion you can find us on instagram or facebook at biography see you next time